Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, here to discuss the shocking news that Speaker Boehner is resigning both his position and his seat. Fred Barnes from the Weekly Standard. Fred. Good. Glad to be here. And, it, you know, this was not really that big a surprise. Well, he seemed to be in trouble, but how often do speakers walk away from their job? Well, I, I would say uh, practically never. Right. But uh, this was a unique situation with a small arch-conservative caucus, the Freedom Caucus, that uh, opposed him and wanted a wanted a, a a different type of speaker, a fighter, somebody who would sound like uh, you know sound like you, Michael, uh, <laughs> whenever he addressed the press or or gave a large speech. The uh, and uh, Boehner wasn't that guy. Uh, to tell us about the dynamic, uh, because obviously this is a powerful position, one that Speaker Boehner had wanted mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, the Republicans, he saw the Republicans in and out of power, so he knew how precious this job was. Mm-hmm. The dynamic that would cause him to resign as opposed to waiting until after the next election cycle. Well, I would say there's one, uh, a, a, a very uh, uh, present uh, explanation and, and, and a longer one as well. The, uh, the present one is there had been a call for a vote uh, on his speakership in which Democrats would get to vote. It would be like uh, the vote last January when 25 Republicans voted against him uh, staying on as speaker. Well, this new vote uh, was one that uh, he was probably not going to win. Uh, and, it, and so he would he then uh, the vote was going to be any day now. Uh, it would be very uh, hard for him to then rally the troops and have another vote and stay in as speaker. So it may be that he was going to go anyway, uh, but not a route that he would like to take. In other words, it would have been a personal repudiation. But, uh, you know, uh, Boehner aides have said, look, he was going to re- uh, leave Congress at the end of last year, that he would not seek re-election in in uh, 2014 and only stayed on another year uh, because Eric Cantor, the majority leader, had been defeated. Uh, and, and, and it would have been, it just would have been difficult uh, uh, for him to step down and, and, uh, but anyway, to step down then, but he is now. So, um, let me ask you this. How much of a victim is he to the argument being made by Donald Trump, certainly, and Ted Cruz and others that no matter how you do the math and no matter how much you take into account the separation of powers and constitutional restrictions, et cetera, that the Republicans in Congress have been getting their head handed to them consistently during the Obama years. And that you've got to, to use a football metaphor, Fred, he just, Boehner never put any points on the board. Yeah. No, well, I understand that. Look, uh, and then and you have this, this image of uh, 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 Republicans win election, win the House in 2010, the Senate in 2014, and then achieve nothing. Uh, that's the way it looked to a lot of Republicans. And the problem, uh, uh, the problem as, as Boehner and as Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader, explained it is, look, we just didn't have the votes. We couldn't. We, Obama was, was, is willing to uh, veto practically anything, and then Senate uh, Democrats will, will use the filibuster, and, and we just can't get anything through. I accept those numbers. I don't think you can deny them. But there's one other thing that I think uh, they might have done, uh, and particularly Boehner, and that is to fight, to not uh, not just accept this quietly, right. uh, but fight back, but give speeches uh, denouncing uh, uh, the president and, and and what he's been doing and what Senate Democrats are doing. And, and when the president says, uh, well, I'm going to veto that, uh, you shouldn't go quietly into the night, but raise hell with him. Well, 
that's not Boehner's style. He didn't do that. He did not seem to be a fighter, and and I think that uh, that's what ultimately uh, doomed him. I agree, and I think that if uh, Abe Lincoln had been the Republican electorate, he would have fired uh, McConnell and Boehner a, a while back, because just as Lincoln did during the Civil War, he kept looking for a general who would fight. Yeah, and and I this is what's interesting to me. For example, take the Planned Parenthood deal. Mm-hmm. There was an opportunity for the the establishment Republican leadership to look at all the Tea Partiers and say, look, you know, message, I care. You know, kind of George W. Yeah. Bush. We're mm-hmm. going to do something with this. We've got a plan. Here's our plan. We're going to execute it together. Obviously, we can't. there's stuff we can't change. But here is some smart stuff we can do. We can force the senators to vote on things that will embarrass them in the future regarding, mm-hmm. you know, third trimester abortions and the horror that Planned Parenthood has done. We're going to make this hard. We're going to make them sweat. We're going to have fun. We're going to do a, a all-night movie show as we as the government shut down where we show these videos again and again mm-hmm. and again and i got not only did i get a sense that they would never do that fred i am not getting a sense of the gop leadership feels like they need to do that yeah um well i think you're right on both counts uh, i certainly didn't have the sense they were willing to do that and and didn't feel uh, uh a sense uh, that they needed to do it instead uh felt a sense of relief uh that they didn't have to do it uh look i mean you have to accept in the fact uh, the fact that they were not, uh, they would, uh, they would force a government shutdown, and uh, I know Mitch McConnell because I've talked to him about a number of times about this. Fears a government shutdown, and he, and he has said flatly more than once. You've heard him, Michael, say, uh, "I will not allow a government shutdown uh, over some issue, whether it's Planned Parenthood or anything else." Well, you know um, that uh, there are things other than a government shutdown you can do, but in the absence of that. Um, a, a lot of Republicans, not just Ted Cruz, not just Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan in the House and mm-hmm. so on, who are willing, who don't think, uh, who don't think a, a government shutdown is the worst thing that can happen. Uh, and they cite examples, which I, I think are faulty ones, but they cite examples sure. where a shutdown, well, one in particular where a shutdown didn't hurt them, the one in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any case, you need to make, they needed, and, and Boehner in particular needed to make a lot of noise about what Democrats and the president were doing right? and why it appeared that since uh, they won the House mm-hmm. and the Senate, that uh, the guy who was uh, uh, in charge and the dominant figure in Washington was still Obama. And, the re- for example, why would the Senate not blow up the filibuster for the Iran deal, another issue where the American people are completely against the president? And still the answer, Fred, is I won't do it. Well, I don't think they could have blown up the, the Iran deal, but uh, they certainly could have made uh, more over how much, uh, uh, over how bad the deal was. Right. Look, I think that deal's going to backfire on Republicans, run, uh, on Democrats rather, running for re-election uh, in 2016. And it was a gamble the way that uh, uh, President Obama did it. I mean, normally on a huge issue, if you want the American people to, uh, to accept it, you're going to have to make it bipartisan at least to some degree. Obama... It didn't make any effort to do that, and he won. And and he and the Iran deal now has emerged safely, uh, only mm-hmm. only because of a filibuster in the Senate. That's not the way to do it. I think there's going to be the first thing, if the next president is a Republican, the first thing he's going to have to do is go down things like the Iran deal and the executive orders and memoranda that were issued that did had to have been issued in many cases unconstitutionally by President Obama. He's going to have to go down those 
on day one and decide which ones, which I think would be most of them, and which certainly in, in, include the Iran deal that he wants to erase with the stroke of the pen, which he can do. It's a big gamble by by Obama. You just don't. I mean, presidents have never operated sure. the way he has. Uh, and uh, the result is a lot of his legacy uh, will be eliminated, and rightly so, sure. if a Republican is the next president. But, Fred, at least he has a legacy. And I don't know if we can see the same about the Republicans in the House. Fred Barnes, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Good to talk to you, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.